0: Thanks for listening to the Cannabis Today podcast. On this edition of the podcast, Catherine Sidman is joined by Dr. Preetesh Kumar, CEO of Phytosciences Consultants. Dr. Kumar specializes in cannabinoid pharmacology and toxicology. To explore more of the Cannabis Today content most relevant to you, visit canna-today.com and filter content by category, host, location, and more. And now, Catherine Sidman and Dr. Preetesh Kumar live from the show floor of Concentration 2019 in Palo, California. Catherine Sidman from Cascade Sciences on the Cannabis Today podcast. I'm here with Dr. Pratesh Kumar, and um, I was just checking levels and having a lot of fun learning about how he got his PhD. And before we get into why you're here at this conference and what you're doing, will you tell us a little bit about that, what you and I were just talking about, because it's great.
1: Yeah, sure. First of all, it's a great honor to be here. Um, so my background is in pharmacology, cannabis pharmacology, and toxicology. Um, I did my PhD in, in cannabis pharmacology at the University of Louisville in Kentucky.
0: And you did you you have a PhD um, that is over ten years old? Yep. In cannabis pharmacology,
1: that's, that's what correct. impressed me the most. Yeah. So tell me tell me how that came about. Okay, so interestingly enough, um, before that, I was working for a Japanese pharmaceutical company. Uh, doing research into uh, deriving compounds from orchids one of the compounds we found was a cannabinoid so then i started becoming fascinated with the cannabis plant but originally i was working in orchids yeah i didn't start in cannabis um, i became fascinated that there were cannabis compounds in orchids and that led me to the cannabis plant and then there's i found professor. Comp- There's yeah. c-
0: cannabinoids and all sorts of things
1: and rhododendrons as well breast milk yeah i mean course, i can yeah. make them
0: I don't know yeah. if you can, but, I, I mean... I'm not sure I can. <laughs> I, I've, I've actually been a producer. Yeah. I mean, non-metric. It yeah. wasn't wasn't there yet. So, tell me what brings you to the concentration conference.
1: Okay, so, um, I reside in Switzerland now. Um, I go back and forth as needed. I came to this conference in last year in San Jose. I really enjoyed the technical science aspect. So, I choose this conference over a lot of conferences here in America. Um primarily because the technical level that's presented here, I really appreciate and, and uh, respect. Yeah. Yeah. Are you presenting here at the conference? I did. I presented earlier Okay. Um, on sort of a global analytical testing, the kind of the challenges there and why it's so inconsistent, analytical testing yeah. and what's ahead here in the U.S. from an FDA perspective. Well, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So the... most of the problems here in the U.S. can be tracked down to there's no federal regulation um, on whether it's testing, production, manufacturing, which leads producers, laboratories, and manufacturers to self-police and self-regulate. The state will pass down certain guidelines which may or may not comply later on to federal guidelines. So I sit on a few committees over at the FDA, so I'm required to be here. Required is the wrong word. I enjoy coming to the... (laughs) To the FDA. Uh, now, is the a year? FDA
0: having hearings right now as we're talking? They because are. Because my friend David yeah. Heldreth, my friend uh, David Heldreth, is um, going to be uh, at that hearing and is going to be presenting to the FDA. And um, w- specific to the hearing that's happening now, what are some of the topics that they're discussing?
1: So right now, the FDA is in listening to public input, and then they'll take it back to the subcommittees. And then they'll discuss what to do or, if anything, what they're going to do about it. And and the issues that they're grappling with specifically
0: are we have um, CBD is already a registered pharmaceutical medication through GW Pharma. What do you do with all these people? I'm looking around and I see people who are making them, selling them, producing equipment to make them, processing them, infusing them into things. And it's a registered pharmaceutical, so, so how, is, how are they tackling that? What do you see happening?
1: So right now, they are and they aren't. The biggest challenge from the FDA perspective is, it's sort of in reverse. This compound is already in the marketplace and saturated in some markets, and there hasn't been any guidance from the federal government, let alone the federal bodies that regulate dietary supplements, medicines, and APIs, active pharmaceutical ingredients. So the only thing that the FDA has been doing for the last few years has been sending warning letters to companies that are, falsely, are making false marketing claims. For example, CBD cures pancreatic cancer on their website. Without having done that clinical research, you'll get a warning letter from the FDA.
0: Okay. Okay. But, so making yeah, claims.
1: That's correct. Making
0: claims. But also here in, here in California, um, producers have had their products removed from shelves by the health department. So Any? that's a
1: different story. Oh, the tell reason me about for that. that is is until now there hasn't been much regulation in California, right? What's happening with that is is because these because of the unregulation there was a tremendous amount of product that ended up having very high ppm part per million levels above the threshold of certain pesticide residues or mold or some kind of contamination that was going unchecked because it wasn't regulated. Now that it's being regulated, they're seeing that these products actually have contaminants in there that are dangerous for consumption for humans.
0: So now that's on the, that's on the regulated cannabis side in California. On the, non, on the hemp side, products are being pulled because the health department's not allowing CBD-infused products, regardless of testing, not because of product quality, but because... You can't have those in California. The only cannabis-related products in California that have cannabinoids have to be part of metric. You see what I mean? have to be part of metric. So people can sell hemp oil, but you can't sell CBD oil. Out. I mean, until you can sell it until you can't, right? So
1: <laughs> you're, you're 100% right. There's a, there's a little nuance in there. So the way that the Department of Health here has approached this is they, they put out a statement— saying that you cannot sell CBD derived from industrial hemp and market that as a dietary supplement. So if you're making marketing claims on it as a dietary supplement, that's not allowed here for right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Interesting. Is that a... Where where do you see? How do you see this unfolding? Or is that is that? Are you not a good prognosticator? Are you mostly just a
1: good handler of the situation as it is right now? (laughs) You have to do a little bit of both, right? Um, So what I see coming from the government side is um, is mainly due to the recent GW Pharmaceuticals approval. Um, Now that is going to complicate a lot of things because GW Pharmaceuticals they spent hundreds of millions of dollars developing their drug that got FDA I'm cleared. not sure
0: hundreds of millions, but they spent tens of I'm going to give them tens of millions. I'm not going to give them hundreds. I'm going to give them tens. Okay, fair is enough. Is that fair? Is that fair? But yeah. okay, but this is I mean the the this is really the rub because I'm am a capitalist, right? I I we're a manufacturer of equipment and I like to sell it at a profit, right? That's what that's my whole job. And I'm not I'm unapologetically I love business, right? So when I see a company that was forward-thinking enough and on top of it enough to go to Amsterdam, go to the UK, do what they did, GW Pharma, I admire their pluck. Absolutely. And they got it. Yes, they did. As a capitalist in this country where the government is not supposed to mess with a business's cheeseburger. And in my heart, I'm a free-the-plant gal. I'm... Conflicted. I'm conflicted. Tell me, tell me kind of how you see that shaking out.
1: Okay, so it, the, way it, the way it may or may not shake out depends on how successful regulations develop here in the U.S. If a federal approach is taken, certainly GW Pharmaceuticals will be included in that dialogue from the FDA because their drug, their CBD to the THC drug, is approved by the FDA. Mm-hmm. So that's one route. The other route is, instead of instead of pharmaceutical, there may be secondary and tertiary markets. So CBD may fall into a raw ingredient market. It may fall into a nutraceutical market, which may not require pharmaceutical intervention. Here's where it gets challenging. When those compounds enter the pharmaceutical market in terms of buying and selling, that is when there's going to be some
0: So right now, I, I, have, a, I have a hundreds of customers making isolate by the kilo and just barrels of it and you know what I mean that isolate's going to end up in some sort of supplement some sort of product and I'm not sure where I'm not sure where the FDA is going to insert itself you know what I mean so I've got isolate producers who want to be GMP for example and who are getting themselves ready for FDA regulation but I'm FDA regulation might also mean that they have to license CBD production through GW Pharma or something like that, right? If they own if they own that compound in terms of its medicinal qualities. Then can anybody just make it? Like, can I go make Tylenol and say well, I'm making Tylenol?
1: number one, they don't own that compound. Okay. So What, what do they own?
0: Maybe you could explain yeah, that. Yeah,
1: their patent is for their product, Epidiolex, Okay. which is a one-to-one ratio of THC to CBD. Okay. That formulation is unique to, to GW Pharmaceuticals. Okay. Regarding your inquiry in question on the isolate, that very well... Could, be, could enter a sort of API, active pharmaceutical ingredient registration um, strategy, right? Um, so a, what you had mentioned, uh, getting a GMP facility and having GMP quality isolate, that may very well be open to a lot of different producers actually. Okay, okay. And that is only going to enhance the quality And the type of end product that's coming out of that facility. So I see that as a positive.
0: For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, And certainly, if we want to do any work with the European Union, we've got to adopt their packaging standards, their compliance standards. I mean, Health Canada is way ahead of us. You know, we're still trying to figure out. I mean, you know, Oregon is still trying to figure out what to do with its extra cannabis that... I don't know who's going to be the first one to tell them it's not still in Oregon. But okay. I mean, while they're trying to figure that out. But we're so busy trying to figure out what to do just in these 50 state-tight compartments in our little world here that I, I think in a way we're missing what's going on in this global market.
1: Well, I think at some point when the global borders open up, for companies here in the U.S. that want to sell into those markets, especially in the European Union, I think the companies that are taking the approach of let's look at GMP, let's start getting those things in order in our laboratory, whether it's testing or production, are going to be far ahead, not only in that market, but they will be attracted by the FDA, say, hey, we see what you guys are doing, you've taken some components of the FDA CFR federal code or regulation. And try to adapt it to cannabis. So when they come out with their regulations, mm-hmm. they may not be that far off.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. And CFR, another acronym that's being tossed around quite a bit, uh, is... FAS, uh, what is the C? It's the
1: Code of Federal Regulations. Code of Federal Regulations. At the FDA. So, yeah.
0: CF, uh, so CFR Chapter 16 and 21 are one's 21's a big one. 21's a big 11, one. data yeah. logging. 21 is the data yeah. logging. I I, yeah. I know such a little bit. That's okay. Such a little bit. So, so when you're in Switzerland exercising your cannabis
1: PhD what do you <laughs> what do you do with it there okay so we have a R&D laboratory there that does a lot of the why Switzerland
0: I mean uh, in chocolate okay, I get so, it Watches, yeah. knives. Okay. so
1: fair that's a fair question so I do quite a bit of work um, in Geneva at the World Health Organization so I'm on the Cannabinoid Pharmacology and Toxicology Subcommittee there
0: wow in Geneva. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and do do they know that? Um, does the World Health Organization know that there are people who are um, living in places where nothing else grows, where we could grow them a cash crop and we could make them economically independent, and this could save, this could save everything. I, I mean, I hate to, I hate to be that person. Like cannabis is going to save everything,
1: but do they know that cannabis can save everything? So the the WHO. The, the primary objectives of the WHO is to ensure that whatever the product might be, whether it's a medicine or not, doesn't harm, is not harmful for human consumption. So we look at toxicology. We look at pharmacology. We look at the safety data. That's the main goal there, in aggregating all the data that's out there mm-hmm. and putting it in a format that we can read and say, okay, these are the studies that have been done. You know, at this dose, it killed this many rats. Yeah. Let's take a look at it. Let's How much cannabis does it take to kill a rat? Okay. So in pharmacology, there's a term called the LD50, Okay. which is LD stands for lethal, lethal dose, dose okay. 50 stands for um, at what dose does it kill 50% of the test subject population. Okay. Now, it's tough to translate to humans, but the, um, the LD50 for THC, you uh, one human could not consume that much to die from that. They would sooner be sedated.
0: Yeah. Then actually die from So he'd that. fall asleep before you could consume or it. Or they so would the, start vomiting, which is a toxic reaction, too. Right. Yeah. Right. And so the rats just fall asleep. Have you killed any rats? I mean, I know. No, I have not. No. No, No. But, <laughs> but but it really, it's not toxic, is it? What about some of the things that people are doing? Because just because it's a plant and it's toxic, people say that all the time, it's natural. I mean, rattlesnake venom is natural. Natural doesn't mean it's safe, right? So, so... There are some things I think that people are doing with cannabis that I'm not sure is safe. Is it safe to dab terpenes? I don't know. I'm asking you. You're a doctor. Dr. Pratesh? Yeah. Is you that know, a good idea?
1: The truth is, um, I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea because there's there's no literally no data on that, okay. that topic. But, but you're taking a phenol. You're taking something
0: yeah. with a phenol. Phenols component. are very dangerous. Um, yes, they People are. need
1: to be very careful. Consumers right. need to be careful with... There's a lot of talk about terpenes, but phenols in general can be very toxic.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, and in what in what form when they're consumed, inhaled, burned, inhaled, burned, inhaled, ingested, uh, yeah. phenol. So and phenols and ter- in
1: general can be very toxic depending on the dose.
0: Right. So, and we don't know that. So stuff is showing up in vape cartridges, you know. And now we're hearing that there's lead and cadmium and whatever else in vape cartridges. So we're not sure we're not really sure what we're doing yet, but we know that before that we've, before we've done any testing on it, we've released it to market. I mean, that's cannabis
1: right now. So that's part of the problem is that even for example, from the device standpoint, some of these, um, vape devices, the cartridges or the, excuse me, the vape batteries themselves. Oh, oh, Um, you know, usually when you, when you bring out or put to market a device, usually there's a, a review process right. <laughs> that goes through it at some federal level that, hey, okay, your device um, is not of poor quality. The temperature it's getting heated at is not going to release any polyaromatic hydrocarbons. So the device itself is safe. Then you put it out to market. This is in reverse. Right. That's part of the problem.
0: Right. And, and do you think that that's unique to cannabis because it kind of it came out of the black market sort of through the
1: medical channel a little bit? I mean, do you think that's unique to cannabis? I wouldn't say it's unique. This, this kind of behavior happens all the time where a product gets on the market, that's, and then all of this stuff happens in reverse. Right. Um, this is a very bad analogy because cannabis is nothing like tobacco, but sort of like tobacco. Okay. Uh, okay. You know. Sure. That tobacco is harmful and toxic has never been a secret. Right. But it was allowed, right? Um, and Sure. It's it's a bad example. Sure.
0: Well, yeah. and I think, but I but I think that what tobacco has to do with cannabis is that um, tobacco was allowed to thrive in a very unnatural way because of tons of lobbying dollars, and. Um, I am not a proponent of a government that's bought and paid for, but as long as that's the only government we've got, we need to get busy buying and paying for it. Sure. And, and, and you know, lobbying, if that's the system that we have, is that you grease the skids in America. And I think um, a lo- some of our advocacy should include, should include that so that um, we do get heard at the higher levels of government. Because we have the, the, the bureaucracy side of government is hearing us but the decision makers in terms of legislation are 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 in the pockets of the enemy right I mean big, big pharma, big tobacco, big alcohol, you name it they're not ready yet for cannabis to hit the market, and so they're doing a lot of paying politicians to prevent cannabis from hitting the market, which prevents research from happening
1: you know if if you would have told me that statement three years ago, I would have said I 100% agree with you.
0: Oh. What? And now you only 99% agree with me? Tell I'd me, say, Dr. Let's Pratesh. say 98. I'd okay, say 98. But tell, okay. But, but tell me I'm wrong because I want to be wrong. Okay. I'm, I'm cynical in that so way.
1: So at least what I'm seeing now is these more traditional established companies, big alcohol, big pharma, I think it's at a stage now where they understand it doesn't make sense to prevent it. That they need to either partner with companies that are doing it the right way, according to them, that fits that mold, or they will then look at, or they're just going to look at this on their own. Right. I think the prevention is almost over. The lobbying dollars to stop it is almost over when you have 30 states that have now legalized a medical program here in the US. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, but to your point, we have 30 states that have a legal medical program in the U.S. and we don't have interstate commerce. We don't have justice for people that are incarcerated. We don't have, you're not allowed to to take it off your taxes if you have a business. So there's all these weird, it's a weird, weird situation.
1: It is very bizarre here in the U.S. Um, It's a very fragmented uh, model. From a, In a lot of ways to... See, it, when you say model, em- it makes
0: me worry that someone will use <laughs> it as a model. And that would be the wrong thing
1: to do. It would be the absolute... Can
0: we It's an example. It's
1: an example. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of small companies here, whether they're startup laboratories or manufacturers, their, their growth is capped because there's no financial model here in the U.S. Right. Larger investment banks are not interested. They don't want to fund it at this stage. Uh, because of licensing issues, Um, then you're left with private investors. You can't go to a bank and take out a loan, not yet here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. That's why Canada's thriving. You can't,
0: but then why do they have these huge IPOs? I mean, like, how are they working it out on Wall Street when Homie can't even get a checking
1: account? So they're not. What they're doing is kind of a runaround because they can't directly list on a major U.S. exchange they will merge in what's called an RTO, reverse takeover of a Canadian company, list in Canada, and then try to come back and list in a U.S. exchange.
0: You know what really bothers me? It really bothers me that I look around and I see my customers. You know, I sell, I sell equipment, right? Distillation equipment, decarboxylation, all of the, all of the processing equipment. And what is so very frustrating is that. Um, my customers are having to come and buy $80,000 of equipment from me or whatever, and it's so difficult for them to do that, for them to take that cash and to move it through our banking system, however they're going to do it, in money orders or whether they have a bank. It's certainly easier now than it was five or 10 years ago. But I mean, I, as an ancillary equipment supplier, I have our company has two backup checking accounts, right? As an ancillary supplier, we don't ever even touch the product as a, as a company, and yet we're always at risk of losing our checking account. So when I see that there's something huge with Wall Street, it just makes me mad. And I think it's that's absolutely
1: unfairness. ridiculous that an ancillary business would even have those issues. Right,
0: right, right. So it's, it's constantly, we've had to rebrand our company yep. three different times, rename it. Just to navigate that, and um, and we're not even a producer. I mean, God bless the farmer, I don't, uh, the cultivators. Like how they do what they do, and and I I live in the Emerald Triangle uh, here in California, and um, I'm a huge uh, proponent of um, regulated cannabis. And I tell everybody I know, you know what, if you want to, if somebody is your hero, it's the people who are the licensed producers in the Emerald Triangle. Because I'll tell you what, they didn't do it because they're going to make any more money. They didn't do it because it made their product better. They didn't do it because it's going to make them richer. They're doing it because they're part of a movement and, and, and we need them. And they're my, they're my heroes because what they're put through is not easy.
1: I would agree with that. I think the farmers take the most risk. Mm -hmm. Um, in a lot of ways yeah yeah for sure
0: Dr. Pratesh how do we get in how do we get in touch with you how do we um, follow you on Instagram? How do we know what we're doing? How do we find out more about your company? What do we do?
1: Okay, so the Instagram is a bit difficult because I'm not on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm which on is LinkedIn. Social I, media for yeah, smart people. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I don't okay. have Instagram. I don't have Facebook or Twitter. Uh huh. Um, my company's Phytosciences. We're based in Switzerland. We have an, We have some offices here in the U.S. Yeah. Um. I guess you can go to www.phytosciences.com and. Shoot us a note. Yeah,
0: and and then I'm going to have to circle back with you about your marketing department because they're going to want to prep you for
1: this stuff a little bit better Trust me, they've been trying to for years.
0: Okay, (laughs) all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It's been a pleasure.
1: It's been a real pleasure and an honor. Thank you very much.
0: To learn more about Phytosciences Consultants, visit phytosciences.com. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks again for listening to the Cannabis Today podcast.